Hello everyone, welcome to part one of our campaign coverage. Uh, for this first one, we are going to be talking with the former host of Podtackler, the founder of Podtackler, Fumo Jive. Hello, Fumo. What's up, guys? Not too much, we're just uh, enjoying some Halo 4 as of late. Sweet. Yeah, likewise. It's been lots and lots of fun. So, it's been a while since you've been around. Um, for the for those who don't know, for our more recent uh, new subscribers, Fumo Jive was the one that started Particular all the way back in 2005. So we've been around for quite a while. And uh, we'd like to pull him on the show every once in a while to, to see if he kind of keeps up with his Halo info and, and see how well he's kept that podcasting ability. <laughs> Well, for once I actually am keeping up with some Halo stuff, so that's a good thing. Yay! Hopefully it'll be perfect for today's discussion, which is going to be the first mission of Halo 4, which is, of course, Dawn. Um, we've kind of already talked about the prologue in our uh, campaign spoiler episode, so we're not going to cover that one as its own little segment. But just in case you guys are wondering, what we're doing here is kind of splitting each mission into a, a segment and we're going to do the same thing with all the multiplayer maps the new game types and spartan ops so you're going to get little bits and pieces of the kind of greater podcasting experience that you would normally get and you'll receive that on your feeds whether it's through itunes or zune or feed burner and then they'll all be compiled into one grandiose episode every week so that will be kind of pulled together for you guys in episode form later. But if you want to get the the tidbits together, then the, these are going to be made available to you as your own kind of independent segment. And this first one, of course, is we're covering Dawn. So Dawn is the first <clears throat> campaign level. And this is, of course, where you find out that you are not so much an intrusive with the Covenant as you thought you were. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But to start things off, we see Cortana kind of being woken up from uh, this weird kind of scanning that's going on throughout the ship. And it's about time where she made a decision to wake up Chief. So um, she pulls up this holographic display that's kind of overviewing the status of the rest of the ship as it's floating in space. Uh, multiple systems have failed. There's limited life support and other thing. Other systems on the ship have uh, minimal operating capabilities. And she decides to wake Chief. Things so pretty trashed. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, what we saw with Ford Under Dawn, she's not quite herself, but Chief doesn't quite know that yet. So uh, we see Cortana wake Chief. Cort- uh, Chief's like, uh, uh, where are we? Uh, what's going on? And Cortana basically says that we're still floating in outer space, uh, still on the dawn. And before they really get too much into um, details on what's going on, uh, Chief grabs Cortana, gets out of the cryo tube, and they start to make their way through the ship. And uh, the first little thing uh, here in terms of strategy for the mission is there's a little Easter egg slash achievement. So as soon as you kind of go out of the cryo area, there is a uh, metal bridge that you go over. If you actually go down the stairs, you can go down and find a terminal that's basically the history of... Master Chief, a kind of an archive of what's happened over the past Halo games. And there's actually an achievement for that. And yep. This one is totally missed. I'm looking forward to checking this out some more. Yeah, so uh, this achievement is called Digging Up the Past. It's worth 20 gamer score. And the description is, found and accessed Chief's record in Mission 1. 
And basically what the terminal terminal is is it kind of goes into the history of how John became a Spartan, what happened during the during the events of Reach, Halo 1, Halo 2, um and kind of all the way leading up to where he is now. And they even have a bit where they said Chief went to the Ark and blew up the um replacement Halo ring and now is floating in deep outer space. So um it's more or less a, a quick summary of what's happened in the past games if you haven't played any, any Halo game before. So that's it's a nice little uh, nod to the rest of the franchise. Is it a video or is it all text? So it's all just audio. So it's like the audio blogs from ODST. Okay. It's just this one audio uh, stream that uh, plays out from this terminal. And you actually have to stand by it in order for it to listen to it. The audio is locally played on that terminal. And okay. there's a couple other terminals throughout the rest of the mission that you can go find. It'll give you status on the ship and uh, different systems like weapon systems, life support, uh, gravity systems, and all that stuff. So I think there's uh, two of those other terminals that are similar to that first one scattered throughout the map. Uh, oh. So it's it's an interesting little Easter egg if you haven't uh, played or if you haven't found it yet and you're wondering where that achievement is, now you know. <laughs> so I guess Fuma will uh, kind of go discover that for himself uh, a mm-hmm. little bit later when he has time. <laughs> yeah. um, but back to Chief and Cortana. Um, we, as, as I said before, Chief really doesn't know that um, Cortana is going a little crazy. So, um, with that aside, um, Cortana reports that there's been multiple intrusion alerts that have been reported across the ship. And, um, you make your way through a couple of doorways and Chief asks, how long have, have I been out? And Cortana says four months, seven or four years, seven months and 10 days. So, uh, a better part of time has passed by and a lot has happened between what the events of Halo 3 and now. Mm-hmm. And if you guys remember um, previous discussions that we've had on the show and um, even throughout some of the um, books and other canon that 343 has talked about, smart AIs, which Cortana is one, kind of go rampant, go crazy after seven years. And she's been uh, put in service in a long time before that when she first met Chief. So... Um, Chief probably has this notion in the back of his mind that Cortana's kind of at that point. Uh, maybe not, but um, after you make your way through some of the corridors, um, I- I'm just going to say this out since it's kind of not spoiler anymore, but the Didac scan comes through the ship and, and Chief's like, what's that? And Cortana's like, it's some high-intensity scan that hasn't been uh, marked before. It's unknown, so... Already, you're kind of starting to dive into the mystery of of the Halo Four story. Um, it's obviously not something Covenant, so um, the the mystery's there. But there's really no time. You're still making your way through, trying to get to the command deck to see what's really going on. And uh, we get our first kind of action sequence where we pry open the elevator doors, and then stuff comes flying out, and you have to do these little quick time events. Um, okay. So, uh, what, what was your kind of impression of the, the quick time events and having to move back and forth between the rails as stuff was falling down? I love that stuff. Um, it's it's kind of nice to have a little bit of uh, 
pseudo interactivity sometimes because um, like the opposite is something like Mirror's Edge where it's like way over the top, uh, too much control uh, to where it just becomes tedious. So uh, sometimes points like that where it just gives you enough interactivity to kind of be part of the of the scene while still keeping it fun and interesting um, is is always cool, in my opinion. Okay. Did you think there was just the right amount of quick time or not enough quick time? or? I thought it was just fine. I mean, obviously, you, you don't want to, uh, with a game like Halo, you don't want to make the entire thing quick time events. But, right. Um, but, you know, something to kind of get people's feet wet a little bit for uh, for some of the action that's going to be taking place. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've kind of never really here. had quick time been incorporated into a Halo game before, so this was... Uh, not necessarily a curveball, but it was something a little bit out of left field. But I think for the most part, people took it very good and really enjoyed the the quick time s- sequences that we had throughout the rest of the game as well. Yeah. Well, I know some people just really hate quick time events, and I don't know. I never really understood that, but uh, to each their own, I suppose. Yeah. And the the window for the quick time events is. is quite large in this game i think they kind of did that just because it's it's new to the franchise and they don't want um i don't think they want the story to be adversely affected by the fact that you can't hit a quick time event like the the bomb defusal in battlefield 3 oh yeah it's like that one if you if you wait too long you blow up oh okay yeah it kind of reminds me i saw this one uh what was it uh Prototype 2, where there was a quick time event, which is basically like a tutorial that says press X to, you know, use your super arm or something like that. Okay. But if you if you never press X, it basically just goes slow-mo for a while, and then eventually, like, things stop happening. <laughs> there was never, like, a something taken into account as if, for if they never did press X. So, uh, hopefully it's not something like that, but I don't know. I didn't even... I got through it and didn't bother to not get through it. So <laughs> <laughs> Time stood still. Yeah, it was kind of funny in the videos. Like, there was a bad guy that's like swinging his arm towards you and stuff, and it's like, press X to block or something. And then and you just don't press anything, and eventually he just keeps swinging his arm slowly, slowly, and then just kind of stops swinging it and just kind of sits there. <laughs> like, uh, he never pressed it. What happened? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Uh, all right. So <laughs> after the first set of quick time events, um, or actually the se- the second quick time event that we have is the elite kind of running up to you with a sword, and you basically punch him into the elevator well. And that's the part where you're you're kind of like, well, we're obviously not at peace with the covenant anymore. We're we're fighting elites again. Yep. Um, so there's been quite a bit of talk of whether or not adding the elites. Where the covenant back in, um, and kind of bringing the the same enemy class back in from before was, um, there, there's been some questions about that move. It, did it? What what was your opinion on seeing having to fight covenant again? Well, I've definitely I think I've expressed this before is that I've had enough of the covenant and I was kind of in some ways I was going ah oh, jeez are we have we had enough with the darn covenant already? I mean we've been fighting them for ten years now, but um but. I think they did do a really good job of making them feel, even the the grunts, they made them all feel more cohesive and more dangerous. Um, 
So it, it made it a little bit more interesting anyway, and not so much like cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah, and they actually sound somewhat threatening. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, the but sound there's... is a big improvement, especially with the grunts, but all of them, really. Yeah. There's still the grunt birthday party skull. Oh, yeah. Which, huh? is, which is a lot of fun to play with. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun to play with. <laughs> yeah, exploding heads. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so after a little while, you finally get to the control room, and uh, there's the infamous assassination uh, elite that you can go and assassinate, and then you take out the rest of the grunts that are in there. Um, you open the doors, and then you see quite a few Covenant carriers out there and, and banshees and dropships. And at, at this point, it's really starting to kick in. It's like, okay, this is serious. We are definitely fighting Covenant now. It's not It's not just kind of a rogue squad. There's there's an entire fleet out there. So yep. th- this is kind of setting the, the ground for like, okay, yep, you're fighting Covenant throughout the, the rest of the game. Yeah. So th- this pretty much sets it in stone at this point. The control room was no joke either, though. I remember going through that part. It was pretty tough because there was a lot of them all over the place. Yeah, there are uh, a couple of choke points in this mission. Um, the control room, I think, was... Uh, the control room and then when you were outside to at the missile pad, I think those were pretty much the two biggest ones. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the missile pad was tough, too, because just there was so much wide-open space and there were snipers all over the place, so... That well, there was only deep. one sniper... Uh, okay. Um, I guess he was just getting me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, so, and for this control room part, there's it actually kind of goes back to it's almost a flashback to Halo Two, where you see the drop ships come in, they break in the windows, they have the the tubes where the Covenant come in, and then uh, thankfully you only have to fight two different pods. It's not like numerous pods you have to fight through. Yeah. Um, but that that was kind of a, a nod back to Halo's two and Halo Two's intro, um, and there's there's two elites and and six grunts they have to to go through. Um, I remember it, that in Halo Two, there was that whole segment where they were, yeah, they they hooked up right to the windows and they came they came flooding in. You had to fight them. That was a good part. Yeah. So this this felt very similar to that. Yeah. Um. At this so after you. Uh, kill all the covenant that are that kind of boarded you at that point and, and jumped you. Um, Cortana says the only way to take out one of the the cruisers is to um, manually launch one of the missiles that are outside. So you make your way to an elevator, and it, it's it's very reminiscent of Halo Two because you have that elevator up to the Mac cannon. Well, this you have the elevator to go outside to shoot another explosive thing. So, yeah. very very reminiscent of the Halo 2 mission, um, Cairo Station, which is actually the, the first mission. So, um, the, the, the nice thing about it is, is it didn't feel too much like Halo 2, even though there are lots of nods back to it. Uh-huh. Um, but, so, I, I just find it interesting that they pulled a lot of things from Halo 2 in order to make this first campaign um, sequence go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was good, though. I, I really liked that, that part with the um, the whole uh, missile bays outside and everything. And uh-huh. Got to get in there and um, and uh, go around the side to uh, unlock the what, the bay doors, but then they get stuck, and then you have to run over there. And Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a bit tough. It reminds me of a couple of, like, sci-fi moments actually 
Um, yeah. There are actually a couple of Stargate moments I remember where they have to like go outside and fix something and then come back in. So really? it's it's a it, very sci-fi-ish to have. You have to go outside to fix something that is on the outside. You can't just fix it inside. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so going throughout the rest of the mission, you have I think about uh, two or three different kind of groups of covenant that you have to fight through before you get outside. Um. It's probably a good idea to pick up plasma pistols at this point, because um, if you're playing on anything more than normal, so if you're playing on heroic or legendary, it takes quite a bit to take out the elites. Um, it definitely seems, <clears throat> or at least to me, it seems like the elites are a little bit harder to take out in Halo 4 than they have been in past Halo games. Uh, yeah. So th- those plasma pistols are, are going to really come in handy. And uh, even... Like the, uh, what is it? The gold elites? I forget what class they are, but they can take three or four overcharged plasma bolts before their shields go down. So, um, so make sure you keep, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so make sure you keep those plasma pistols handy, uh, as you kind of walk through the corridors. And then an AR or a magnum will take out the grunts and jackals pretty quickly. Um, granted, if you get headshots, that's kind of the important part is to get headshots on those guys. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, um, I usually get uh, either either a pistol or a DMR or a BR or whatever. I can preferably one of those because then you can just, uh, at least on the heroic, it was it, you could take the grunts out and, and the jackals in one shot if you hit them in the head. So right, it was, it's always good to send the ranks first before trying to take on the heavies. Yeah. So definitely be on the lookout for those plasma pistols and uh what what's your opinion on the needler because I find that sometimes the needler is really helpful because um it doesn't take as many needles to super combine than it has in the past and if an elite's sitting still enough you can actually take him out into over or super combines what what have you messed around with the needler at all Yeah yeah I really like it the only thing about is that it runs out of ammo really quickly. Yeah, um, you get at most two clips, um, but usually it's it's somewhere in between. It seems like because um, you know you pick them up, they've already been shot a few times. Right. So uh, you know that's I think that's the only real downside. Um, of course, they don't work very well at range because the uh, needles move too slow and they can easily dodge behind something. But um, but yeah, it's whenever I find one, really, as long as it has enough ammo, that it's worth uh, switching out for my current weapon. I definitely pick it up. So uh-huh. of course, it's also useless against uh, jackals with shields. In which case, there are a whole lot of those in this game. So uh, that's that's another thing to take into account. Yeah, there, there's <clears throat> there's significantly more sniper jackals, but. Um, they're laid out through the missions in such a way where you're not overwhelmed. Um, you usually get shot once or twice before you, uh, or get shot at like once or twice before you figure out where they, where the jackal is and you can take them out pretty easily. Um, yeah. you're, you're never overwhelmed with jackal snipers. It's just there, there's a lot more of them, but they're evenly spread out throughout the entirety of the campaign. Yeah. Except for Spartan Ops, there's a few of those where they're all Oh, yeah, Sniper Alley sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to play on that map again. <laughs> yeah. Or at least for the, the upcoming episodes, I don't have to play on that one again. Good. 
Yeah, the, how, how are the upcoming episodes going to be done? Are they going to release those as DLC or what? Yeah, so it, it's, th- it's going to be free to download. It's going to be made available on the 21st of January, I believe. Um, I'll have to go back and double check my facts on that. Um, it, it's Yeah, it's somewhere around there. <clears throat> but you get to download them for free. Season 1 as, as a whole is free. And you're going to have all new environments. So there's going to be some campaign maps that are going to be on there. So the trailer for episodes 6 through 10, um, I did notice that Vortex was one of the maps that was going to be incorporated into that cycle. Okay. So that's one thing that you can uh, look forward to. And all the environments are going to be completely new for the rest of the season. I see. And it is free. Oh, okay. So it's not so it's not going to be a, a pay for uh, DLC or anything like that? No. As long as you have Xbox Gold, it's free. Okay, good. Yep. So uh, after you go through the rest of the ship and get outside... Um, there's a floating BR there. Definitely pick that up and take out the jackals and the grunts from long range before you move in. There is a sniper jackal um, up on the very left in front of um, what looks like kind of giant rooms or crates. So there, there's just that one jackal sniper. And then further left, there's a jackal uh, with a carbine. So just kind of take a look out, <clears throat> take a watch out for those two as you make your way over to the uh, launch pad, which is all the way over to the left in the kind of um, orangish lit area. After you go and activate that, you have to go down and uh, manually push the missile trigger into it so it can actually fire off. So it shoots off and it goes and kills one of the Covenant cruisers since they have all their shields down, not really expecting anything to be kind of firing their way. (laughs) Yeah, really. So surprise, surprise. Yeah, I probably thought the ship was derelict at that point. Yeah. Shortly after that, <clears throat> you get scanned again with kind of the same high-intensity uh, scan thing as it was before. And then the uh, Forerunner planet that Cortana pointed out earlier it just, uh, starts to open up. And she's like, now can we worry about the big metal Forerunner planet? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she didn't seem to notice it so much before until they... Uh... Until they got outside, and she's like, "Did I, I, did I miss the whole orbiting around a forerunner planet thing?" Yeah. <laughs> so she mentioned that back in the control room, okay. and then then Chief was like, "Let's focus on one task at a time here." So. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, he he got scanned, and <clears throat> him being human and all, and being descendants of the forerunner, opens up the the doorway in, into Requiem. So, you're trying to run back inside and, and kind of escape the gravity well, try to get to an escape pod. Um, and you see some struggling covenant along the way. You can choose to assassinate them or back smack them or do whatever. Um, but they're, they're not going to turn around and, and fire at you. Um, there are some holes that you can fall down into and, and basically, um, quote unquote die from that thing. It's just, just make sure you kind of watch where you're going. Um, it's, not the place like falling apart around you. Yeah, so the entire ship is being basically pulled apart from this gravity well. Uh, explosions are going on everywhere. Enemy grunts are kind of going crazy. Um, <clears throat> you get to a certain part of the ship where the deterioration and the the ripping apart has caught up with you, and um, you try to hold onto a rail, but you just can't. So you start um, falling through a bunch of different. Uh, 
pieces of for them to don, uh, lots of different debris. Um, and <clears throat> you finally hit this one metal piece and you, you, you wide out, uh, until the next mission and the next mission you find yourself on Requiem. Um, so that pretty much wraps up the first mission. Yeah. So as far as, <clears throat> um, kind of tips and tricks goes, there's, there's not too much to, that you can do here in terms of like fast tracking or, or kind of skipping over a part. You just kind of have to go through everything and, and just, um, watch, uh, keep an eye out for pl- plasma pistols and weapons to take out elites with. And then when you're outside, watch for that jackal sniper. And that's really about it. Um, plasma grenades are really helpful, uh, on this too, because grunts, all the grunts drop them and sometimes elites do. And it's, um, if you can land a sticky on an elite, it just makes them that much easier to take out if you're running heroic or legendary. So, definitely, yeah, I was gonna say that to try to stick the elites. Yeah, but so just, it's, it's, it's risky because you got to get close enough that they can't dodge it. But, uh, but right, it's, it really saves a lot of time if you can get them down. Yeah, so 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 this one for the most part is just kind of play smart and uh, just kind of watch where you're going, and you'll get through this one pretty easily. Yeah, and now, don't you, can for- play, you can play co-op campaign as well, right? Yes, you can. And don't forget the uh, first little terminal thing at the beginning of the level. Yeah. And also, you get the achievement at the very end if you complete the mission, which is Dawn, of course. And it's ten, ten gamer score, so you can get a total of thirty gamer score on this mission. Nice. So that pretty much wraps up this mission. Uh, Personally, it was it was a fun mission, kind of a nice throwback to the Halo Two style of of gameplay. Um, not overly difficult, although there are kind of points in the mission where if you're playing solo legendary, it kind of can, it can kind of throw you for uh, a loop for a little while, trying to figure out how to take out all the enemies. Um, the two big choke points being the part in the control room and then the part right before you go outside in that um, kind of storage area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you have any last comments before we end this one? No, I mean, it's a great first mission. It really uh, whets your appetite for the action to come and uh, kind of uh, stokes the mystery a bit of what's going on with the Forerunner planet and, uh, you know, what could be the full purpose for being there and... And why and, we're fighting uh, the Covenant again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, lots of lots to learn along the way, so, yeah, pretty cool. Yep. So thank you guys for listening to our first part of our campaign coverage. Uh, We will be uh, doing another part here very soon, so make sure you uh, watch for that and watch for our other segments coming out as well on our podcast feeds. And we'll see you guys later. Keep on fragging trucks. Keep on fragging trucks.